Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, and happy Tuesday, September 12, 2023. Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz, along with my wife. We founded both the Elijah List and uh, starting 26 years ago, and then we've, we've added Elijah Streams since then, and it's going really strong. So I did want to make a quick comment that, you know, on the weekend I went to a wedding in Bend and met the pastor and his wife at that church and because my niece was getting married. And it's amazing how many people watch Elijah Streams because I didn't know who they were, but they knew who I was. Uh, and it was so uh, heartwarming to meet new people that are, that love the show. They get so much hope from this show. They'll say it um, over and over. Johnny and I were just talking about this off the air, that they will say, uh, you guys, Steve, you and Johnny and, and your other guests, you give us so much hope. I don't know how I would have hung on. And we we get that a lot. And so we kind of realize it's almost, if I can say it like this, it's it's helping people even more than we ever dreamed to help people because they they, you all express how encouraged you are with the show and how it helps you to know what's going on and hang on. And Anyway, nice to meet you all. And by the way, let's see. Someone actually contacted us overnight and wanted to know if I was the one writing to them on Telegram or was it a con? It's a con. I don't write to anybody. I have one friend, personal friend that I write to on Telegram. That's the only person I correspond with on Telegram. Um, so everyone else, no, I don't. If someone's contacting and claiming to be me it's not me i just don't write to anybody on telegram so i thought i would tell you that now a quick announcement that uh we're going to record it this afternoon but cat kerr will be on the show tomorrow so it used to be cat kerr when we had her every wednesday as i recall and uh we're, we're not doing back to back right now but you know when she can we we schedule her in and then we bring her back on. So everyone, I know you miss Kat. We do too. So she will be with us tomorrow. We're recording it this afternoon. So don't miss that. I think that's all before we bring Johnny. Let's uh, show you a new, uh, another clip of the wells that you're investing in for the kingdom of God. So here we go with that. Every child deserves hope an education, good health, a future. In Uganda, those things are stolen from children. One of those thieves is dirty water. In Uganda, some people only have access to muddied, filthy water. It is killing them. But you can help save the future generations. Give a gift towards the drilling of clean water wells. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. So good. Love what we're doing. And that's another thing. When I meet people on the road, uh, that's they'll, they'll just say, they'll talk about, or they, you, will talk about, you know, how you're being encouraged. And then everyone, almost inevitably, before the conversation is over, they'll say, and I love the wells that you're digging, and I've sent money in for that. So we're, we're just very, very grateful to to you. And I know the Lord is, if we're grateful, I think how much more grateful the Lord is that you would do that for his people. So, all right, time to bring in uh, Johnny Enlo Unfiltered. So here we go. 49 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for 
your children. Johnny Enlow, so good to see you. You're back from a trip. That's correct, Steve. We had a we had an amazing uh, rise, Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, um, which is the capital of Pennsylvania, <clears throat> hosted by the uh, what's it called Christ Community Church. Triple C. This is the second state. So this is your you've now gone officially to two states, and you're going to do all fifty. Well, you know. We're going to see. We're having to um, reassess how we do some things uh, just because of um, so many matters. We yeah. had some things we were doing with our kids. Now our kids having uh, babies and things, which is good. And then uh, we have Elizabeth's um, uh, parents um, with us and moving here. And we want to be able to. So we're at least putting some things off and 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 um, and not having month every month like we're yeah. going to do. And so. Uh, in fact, the rest of the year is kind of uh, complex for for advancing anymore. So we're going to see how we we're you know part of this is that's why we're doing our first one here in Nashville, and then the one in uh, Pennsylvania was just to uh, there's a, an element of it being experimental as we're as we're moving forward. But it was it really was amazing. We had a um, just a, a great luncheon with uh, partners, and we had an evening event that was amazing and then the church itself pastor dave and sherry hess um of of community christ community church in harrisburg is they're an amazing church and just real kingdom people and and they you know among their congregation many 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 who follow us follow the elijah streams here and all and so it was um it, it was very encouraging for Elizabeth and I just to see and interact with everybody. Like you said, there's so many people are looking for the opportunity to come to us and say, thank you for encouraging them and, and giving them some uh, biblical fortitude over the last two, three, four years, many yeah. just loving the new uh, narrative where, uh, you know, so many saying, you know, I don't have to be afraid of the future anymore. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and you and I talked about that just before it came on. That was us too. We were just so afraid. Uh, we, we were taught that, you know, we had to prepare to become martyrs if that would be how, if we were, especially if we were in the, involved with the very last days, we would expect to become martyrs or at least have to face it. Cause we, cause like you, you know, you played that clip from John MacArthur uh, a number, several times and where he says, I hate to tell you this folks, but we lose. I mean, he said, we lose. And every once in a while, I want to refer that to because it's so in such stark contrast to the message you have brought. In the right. And it's one thing to say there's casualties war and there's casualties of war. And that does happen. But Jesus did not say, I will build my church and they lose. No, it's I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against yeah, it's the opposite. Isn't it the opposite it's, message? It's, it's the opposite. And that's just the biblical narrative. It's Jesus narrative for us. And that's what he's invited us to connect with. Well, um, I had uh, texted you and you were just getting on a plane and I said, I hope you guys will get a chance to watch the episode with uh, Dr. Jan uh, Halper Hayes is the last name I think you say. And it was so good. And you, you have watched it and you said you had some, some good input on that. So I'm just going to turn that over. I don't know how much we'll see where we go with that. And then we, we've got other things too. So what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, again, um, uh, to overuse the word amazing. I thought it was amazing. And and for those of you who haven't heard, I see it's getting uh, a lot of circulation yeah, it is. in 24 hours. So that's a good sign right there. And I think 
anybody, particularly anybody who wants to be encouraged, anybody who wants to have confirmation of a narrative that I and uh, we'll say several of the prophetic voices on here have been uh, laying out, you will you will hear it there. And um, and so uh, I, I it's like beyond it was just fascinating, really, all the things she was telling and the processes and and um, and, you know, I th- I might take away uh, from it. It's, it's funny how it began to stir in my spirit, because um, if you listen to it, one of the things uh, I think um, is, a, I don't know, there's several key components to what yeah. was being discussed, but there is the part of, you know, there is, we'll say a, a good guy's operation that's been that precedes President Trump being in there, that the good guys, the military, we'll say white hats, really went to him. And um, and we had heard this. We were sharing this. Too. Yeah, we had heard it, but I, I never knew if it was a, just a rumor that sounded right. fascinating, you know. And, right. We, we didn't know. And so it's like this this plan precedes um, just the last couple of years. This is the working the working out of it. But to um, uh, to see that we're, you know, and part of what we've been hearing for the last couple of years is why it's led to a lot of speculation. I think she even used the term there's hopium of, OK, it's going to be over. It's all going to be exposed. Um, and it's been a much more a slower rollout. It's all being exposed. It's amazing yeah. stuff coming out right now that we'll say, you know, if Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk start telling Barack Obama's stuff and. Uh, the sexual deviancy and cocaine use, which they did in the last week or so. Um, that's now, that's the media. That's the media sharing it because they're bigger, they're a bigger deal and sheer numbers and influence in every kind of way than what we would normally think is conventional media. And, yeah. and in and out, they'll, you know, you'll have CNN uh, recognize some aspects of the storyline that are, that are coming out. So we have some, uh, some sh- great shifts taking place. But the point I was going to make, she, you were having this conversation with her uh, yesterday, Steve, about, and there's, you know, there's a need to wake up. What do we do to wake up the 20% that are just absolutely drugs asleep? And and um, and so there's a, a feeling that they, from the good guy's side, they've done like just about everything they possibly can and and she was essentially saying, yeah, it looks like it's going to have to touch them in the wallet for it to to end in the very yeah. practical way. They already, I think, assumed that it would hit the, everybody. The gas price is going insane, but everybody just made the adjustment, sort of like the frog, how you boil a frog, just little by little. Yeah. And so there are just a lot of little by little advances, and yet the twenty percent don't don't awaken yet, and. You know, I just, it's funny how I began to feel differently. What I've been stating on the program the last months and a couple of years or whatever, even as things delayed while acknowledging uh, my personal desire for processes to be accelerated and for, you know, the justice revealed that we know has to come. We'll say the tribunals, uh, the proof of those in Guantanamo Bay and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've always felt like, you know, just when I'm in touch with my spirit that, yeah, you know, there's more, there's more, there's more. But I think 
and that's part of even where we're supposed to go today, depending on time and all that, is Rosh Hashanah. Here we are on the 12th of September. Rosh Hashanah starts September 15th. And it always has, um, it's not just been symbolic. It's not just been something um, slight in the shift, but it's the new year on the Hebraic calendar. And it really has coincided pretty much every year with some kind of drastic shift and change that if uh, you have any discernment at all, you're like, wow, that something just shifted and changed. And I think we're entering that kind of shift and change. And it no longer feels like it's just supposed to delay and drag out that, uh, uh, you know, and to the degree anyone, and we know we're listened to by many people, many people in uh, privileged places um, as well. And, and, you know, I really think uh, that it is time for, um, we'll say, just to get right down and say it, because I think what Jan has admitted is that this, and I don't know if it, it came out in the program yesterday, but what I heard her say in that interview with in the, in the UK from a couple few weeks ago, I think that, yeah. that, that we put on here, is that this was that the military has known since at least 2015 that at some point they will have to take take over and not because they want to it's not a long-term solution they do not want us to turn into uh you know a military run nation by any means right, that's right but that the institutions had been so corrupted the foundations of justice and law um in every way you look at the processes for elections the infiltration, um, infestation of dominion um, uh, machinery into elections itself that we, and we've been watching this and no surprise what I'm saying over the last year or two has just become uh, clear that our governmental institutions, every single one of them has failed radically, dramatically, and that that's been part of the point that even the military couldn't make a case for why they needed to do what they do um, uh, without that being revealed to the American people. And I think the reveal is complete. I don't think there's, I don't people, you know, there's like, well, if it's complete. The reveal is complete. If you're, if you're willing to listen and if you're asleep, it seems like there's almost no amount of completion. If you can't see it, you know, well, and what I'm talking about, Steve, is the complete part having to do with the governmental institutions. It's like um, Congress. Is Congress something you can count on? Yeah, uh, I no. see. And is, is Senate? No. Supreme Court? No. Um, the... Uh, the government, the government by by state, the electoral committees. Um, I don't even have all the terminology yeah. for all of them, but it's like the Department of Justice, the CIA, the FBI. They've all been exposed as corrupt, and it makes us look like we are in absolutely under um, uh, under control, under foreign control. That yeah. an insurrection has taken place, and they have managed to take every single. Well, major it looks like it. It feels like it, and in a way, it is that because right now it's being allowed. I wanted to comment too on uh, 
one of the videos that we were playing first or second, I can't remember which was, it says there, you talked about there is a, there is a plan. There is a plan. And I asked her in 2015, when he came down the escalator, was there already a plan? And she said, yes, there was. And then I hope people will watch it. As of today, there's almost 200,000 people who have seen it already. But here's the thing she said, there's a plan. And then she said at another spot in the video that, uh, Trump is is excellent, or Trump is a 5D chess player, which would take a tactical genius to even know how to do that. And I consider Trump a tactical genius for what we're saying. And yet, Johnny, at the same time, she says, if you go to Trump and ask him what his future plans are, he doesn't, he won't listen to you. He wants to know what he needs to do right now. Did you Did you pick that up when you were watching that? He, they, she said he wants to know what to do right now as far as his advisors go. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was that was interesting. And I think specifically um, when she was talking about the part, if I, am, I may be remembering it incorrectly, but she was like they found that out that she was speaking of JFK Jr., that JFK Jr., that that's I don't know if. I missed something or, or, or in hearing she it, said something she, about that passing. And I, I think I probably missed the, what the point well, was. What you're saying that she said about Trump. Yeah. Um, she said he's like that, but that JFK Jr. Is like that, that he would always say he didn't want to know the future, the past. Oh, is that right? I'd have to watch that part again. You're, I think I may, right now. You know, um, I, I was walking and processing while I was listening um, to it, to it all. So I'm like, Okay, I, I was thinking that was about uh, JFK Jr. But either way, because um, I, I in in my mind, if he's playing five D chess, five D chess is is never just my next move. Um, well, at some point it is, but it's like you're five, seven, ten moves down as you make today's move. You have many other moves. That's just regular chess. You'll say you know that's yeah. regular checkers. Even it's like you're not just Okay, this is a good one. It's like, okay, how good really is this one? What will that, if I do this, what will the enemy likely do? And if they likely do that, what will I likely do back? And if I likely do back, what will they do back? What will it, and you're like, you're there on your next move. And so that's more how I think uh, President Trump and her her telling about him doing 5D chess. So I think there's um, thinking um, very far ahead uh, going for them. And, and, um, and, you know, then typical, he, uh, I think he would be hard to read because if he is a good chess player, that's the other thing, chess players. Well, and he has, philosophically, we know he, he does not believe in telegraphing to the enemy what he's yeah. going to do. He absolutely won't do that. Um, and so that makes his chess playing all the more effective because he's not telegraphing where he'll go next. And he announced that. He's like, the, that's when he was president officially. He said... The days of announcing to the enemy, we're coming here, we're giving you to this date till this, and we're coming here, and we're, this, we would always announce, okay, you rock by this day, we're going to do this, and so-and-so nation, we're going to, and it's like, that's not happening anymore. It, you know, we'll tell you in general when there's a warning there, and then next thing you know, it will just have been taken care of in some kind of way, and and we'll choose the way it's going to be as yeah. well. We weren't just telling people dates, we would tell them how we're going to go after them. Yeah, And if they're going to be sanctions or it's going to be military, and it's like, you know, that'll be your surprise how we're going to take care of this. And she did agree. We talked about the, the, I I threw out a third option because you talked about, well, you know, financial loss is one thing that can wake people up. 
the other one, and I said, love of country or fear of loss of the country. And she said, the trouble is that doesn't work on the deep state because they hate this country. They're, they don't have a fear of loss. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And then I, then I threw out a few minutes later, it occurred to me, I said, well, if some of the celebrities uh, were brought to Gitmo and something like that, I said it in, some, in words to that effect. And she said, oh, yeah, well, like, we need to get the tribunals going, don't we? Or something like that. You know, I don't have it memorized. Um, and the tribunals, I think all of us would wish they would hurry up and get going on it and make it public. But I don't know. you said on, to me on um, when we were texting back and forth, Something about you feeling it was, it's time to show the proof. What were you going to comment on that? Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read what I wrote because this okay. morning I just, I, I woke up and just, I, I, I guess what's I'm recognizing in myself that there's been this um, patience for process in the sense of, no, it's been necessary to keep, because I just see like, they just keep running the truth around like three years ago, we knew the Biden, those who were following knew the Biden stuff, the Hunter Biden stuff, the Obama stuff. And it's like, it just now made it, um, we'll say three years later, I say more mainstream in, in um, you know, Twitter X, Elon Musk's comments and Tucker Carlson's. And so you're like, you just keep revisiting it. So you have the next percentage of, uh, we'll say those who are now exposed to the, to the truth in, in the way they, they should be. But there's a different feel, and I, I think I'm feeling it as it relates to going into Rosh Hashanah, and that this is a new year. This is um, this is something decidedly different, and that there's going to be um, really some some pushing from heaven in this direction. But I, I'm just going to read this, and and um, and let it. And yeah, sounds good. Comments can come. So I wrote down, "Okay, military white hats." those on God's side. It is now time to do what you've always known has to be done. God is with you. Enough of the people are with you. A great army of intercessors is with you. It is more powerful than you have been aware of. Uh, The red pill awakening is just about as far as it can go without public proofs. Tribunals, public. Proofs, public. Good guys, you just can't let, you can't just let the killing continue. The Maui's, the wars, the control, the agendas, the communist depopulation plans and attempts. From here on, whatever casualties a military intervention would bring, it will be less than the unrestricted killing they are doing. So I had, be bold. Be brave, be the Davids, take Goliath down, protect the people, even if some are initially angry, come in swift, come in strong, come in thorough, God is with you. The prophets have seen the importance of your role from way back. And that that does represent kind of a new position for me in making that statement moving forward. I don't know if any of this gets to them in any kind of way, but if um, I, I do feel like the Lord and he keeps showing me this picture of Gabriel and Michael, that there is something of them pushing the envelope 
um, immediately, beginning Rosh Hashanah, September 15th. And so if there is, I just, I feel like the Lord really wants to go after uh, the nerve of the military leadership, like the nerve, um, the the, the resolve there. There is. um, You're saying you feel like the Lord wants those who are at the nerve center, the good guys. Let me say it another way. What does he want? He wants them to get a hold of a Davidic David's posture when seeing Goliath. And that they don't even whatever supercomputers that they may have that tell them what could happen or likely to happen. The, the things that your supercomputer will not read is the response for the body of Christ. The response you may know some. But there is, there are mighty warriors, mighty, you know, not in the natural. We're not talking about that way. There might be that too as well. But mighty intercessors, declares, decree, those who have authority um, in heaven and on earth and associated with that, what your computers can't possibly read and understand is the role of the angels and the hosts of heaven um, that are positioned even for such a time as this. This is a great transition orchestrated ultimately, not by you white hats, you responded to the King of Kings and this is his initiative. You are instruments of his and to the degree you understand it, to the degree you can be like David and understand that you represent because David stood up to Goliath and said, you have come against the armies of God. And, and, um, and so, you know, the enemy's telling me, you're servants of Saul. He's like, no, they're not servants of Saul. These, this is the army of God. And so when you can wrap yourself in that, whether you are wholeheartedly convinced about God, I believe that uh, will say that the, the bulk of the military um, uh, white hats that are involved in this do understand the the fear of God and the role he has in some way. And you just have to understand he's more involved than you can imagine. I think he's given you the green light. He's given you um, what is necessary. And then he's going to begin pushing matters to force uh, this, uh, this thing not to just continue in the way it's going where, because it's the, the idea, I just think the idea that the other 20% can be, um, and quote, red-pilled or put in pain, you are going to have to do something, something so devastating, and it's okay if it's that way, something so devastating has crashed the economy, even if it's momentarily, that's the only thing, and I don't know if they'll make the connection anyway. And so I think and it's... There's just like one of the only options left, and you're not even sure that would work because they're so uh, unconscious, basically. It, exactly. And so you had I said you had said like you just come in strong. You had said yesterday when you and I were texting um, that if they would go forward with proofs and to the next level, what did you say about the intercessors, the prayers? I said that's the wild card. The wild card they don't understand is there this whole army ready to jump in and, and with clarity. When, when, when there's some clarity there. Uh, right now, they're covering, um, you know, it kind of in a general way, President Trump, the operation, the rescuing of the kids, um, all that kind of stuff are being covered. And again, more and more and more, uh, particularly of 
the spirit-filled intercessors, say most of them, those that were spirit-filled intercessors before this whole three-year period, uh, most of them are on are on this. And they're the ones that have established authority in heaven. Those are the ones that actually move with huge angel forces as well. And that's, that's, that's a massive, massive um, weapon array from heaven available on display for them. And, and it's, um, you know, I I know, uh, I know, I don't know everything they know, but again, sometimes there's a, sometimes you can know too much about the enemy Mm. and, and you just, you forget about your assignment before God. And what am I saying with that? It's like David, first Samuel 17, there is, you know, Goliath announces himself and it takes about three verses for him to tell. And he says he had a bronze helmet and he had a bronze breastplate and he had, and it goes up and down everything he has. And he has an armor bearer and he has a huge shield and it's how much it weighs. And it's like just uh, huge and um, three verses of it. And really um, as we know the story, it was, um, such unnecessary information, kind of the most ridiculous three verses of that oh, chapter. Really? <laughs> Never thought because of it that way. David did not have to figure out how to take their, his helmet off. He didn't have to figure out how to t- remove the breastplate. He didn't have to deal with his armor bearer. He didn't have to deal with not one thing that was mentioned there. It was the enemy advertising who he is and what he's going to do and all that kind of stuff. And so um, in that, you know, David was able to go through the, through the enemy's defenses, it's not just that he was a slingshot expert because when the enemy asks him, uh, you know, he shows up, the enemy mocks him. He's like, oh, you're coming to me with a stick and his shepherd's rod. He's like, this is not the weapon at all. I come to you in the name of the Lord, uh, Lord of hosts, whom you have come up against and Mm. I'm representing him. So the military that are on this on the right side, you are, in representation and alliance with the king of kings and that kind of, and you want to wrap yourself in that kind of storyline. And so David, um, he just knew that the legal matters that were clearly established that he was illegally, he was an uncircumcised Philistine, uh, illegally in territory that belongs to Judah, if you read 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. And so that he had come up against God and God's inheritance and God's covenant people. And so based on that, that this was like he was going to be dead one way or the other, but the weapon was the name, the name of the Lord. Oh, that's good. And, and so it was um, zero consideration of what the enemy's defenses were and what he might do. And there seemed to be, you know, the whole setup of that battle scene was like, oh my goodness, this is not going to go good for the good guys. This is not going to go good for David. Like, how are you going to come up against their weapons with that? But then all of a sudden you get, um, you know, what would be great is be able to see the video and we will get to see it one day is first Samuel 17, what was going on in the spirit realm and who, um, who activated what and who made that stone go as, you know, supernatural, uh, level of power to go into Goliath's head and actually it sunk into his head and, and, and he fell forward. And I did a, a little study on that before and find out that that would require supernatural strength that this is not humanly possible to get enough uh, might be to be behind a little stone. And the fact that he fell forward me is because the stone sunk in so much. And so there is 
It wasn't even just, yeah, he did this thing and did that, but the mm-hmm. Lord came in and changed just the same way would happen when David would fight against the lion and the bear. There's no way he humanly possible, possibly, uh, no way he has the human strength to actually grab him by the beard and, and kill him with his bare hands, a lion and a bear. That's not humanly possible. So over a thousand pounds of pressure, you have to, uh, exert there, but the Lord came on his effort. And that's what, what I believe is like, they need to understand the Lord will come in on their effort and it will look like they're doing things, but they will find help from the Lord, the angels. Um, this is a, this is a, a set aside time for a great victory on planet earth for the kingdom of God and for the allowance of a moving forward where the established mafia of the last several hundred years is removed from the tops of the seven mountains. And so this is what's coming next. And this is what's going to be being facilitated and advanced from heaven's standpoint. And it seems like um, we'll say whatever good guys are listening that have power um, in the decision-making for moving forward. uh, I believe there is a big green light um, yeah, you're saying, you're decreeing God is with you, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the word? God is with you. God is with you. And and there are more with you than you imagine. Um, you don't just have, if you have the 80%, it's uh, the angelic realm, and they are powerful, and their their abilities to shift and change things are great. So good. All right. Wow. And we, you know, when that, and when that next level is released by the military, as you're just saying, I mean, the, the prayers that we are, we are rising to the occasion. You can feel it. You felt it yesterday that God's people would be rising right along with it to, to cover it all in prayer as it's unfolding. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that, uh, Johnny. So where do we want, where do you want to go from here? All right. So, Here's the deal, and we're just going to see it. Whoops. Let's see. I hit this microphone here. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit helps us move forward here today. Um, Rosh Hashanah is September uh, 15th and um, three days. And I gave a Rosh Hashanah word yesterday, um, Sunday in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. In fact, I'll go ahead and, and say um, it's on YouTube. Um, it's Christ Community Church in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> and it will just be listed guest speaker, Johnny Enloe, September 11. And uh, I'm not going to be able to go into in depth here with what we do with Steve. We'll just see how far the Holy Spirit allows us to go. But it went to a climatic moment uh, at the end. And y'all will, will, will see it. There was just something uh, um, powerful that took place at the end of that meeting. But this would be, um, we'll say, for the whole word, and it comes in a, in a form of impartation, things I'm able to do when I'm, uh, we'll say, uh, live and moving, <clears throat> live in a, in, a, in a place. Sometimes we do some um, some things, and the Lord allows us to, you know, blow the shofar and do some things here as well, and, and we hear about the supernatural things that are, that are taking place. But I want to at least lay out um, just important parts of, the Rosh Hashanah uh, season that we're about to enter into and explain it this way first, for those who don't are, who are unfamiliar, what, what the heck is Rosh Hashanah? Well, it's, it's the new year on the Hebraic calendar. And so 
um, this has been, I, th- I suppose, most famously, it was uh, Prophet Bob Jones who began to give prophetic words. And, and I think Bobby Connor has done it. He'll probably have another one coming up. They, they call it Shepherd's Rod. Yeah. And it's a it's a day on um, that they get right around the Rosh Hashanah day. They get revelation from God as to things, shifts and changes that have taken place and um, going towards the next year. The application even individually is that the shepherd's rod would be um, this once a year time where essentially the shepherd would have uh, whatever uh, the sheep that that, uh, he looks at, passes the rod on it, looks at it and determines basically what pasture, what's the strategy for pasturing um, um, this animal for the next season. And it's great thinking that way in application for ourselves that this is a time um, where the Lord looks at, we could say, you know, thinking through a, an education grid. Um, did you actually just fail seventh grade and need to, you know, with the Lord, there's no, you're a loser. You fails like, Hey, you know what? Let, let, let's just do this one more time. I think you can be stronger and better. Mm. And so, um, this is that season we go into whether we need to um, repeat on something on a lesson the Lord's been teaching us or where we, where we get the promotion to the next level. So I believe that happens to us as a nation as well. I believe it happens to everything that you can consider with an individual um, representation. In other words, a person or perhaps even a city and a nation, there is a, a shepherd's rod uh, reality and a Rosh Hashanah. And so this is a new day. And that's why I believe it's, uh, there's this big shift for our nation coming up because I do believe the Lord has said, we're going, we're going to the next level and that we're not just repeating. And yeah. uh, in that doesn't mean that there aren't some aspects of things that, that get repeated. So be aware individually, personally, um, everyone where, where you're at and you want to, uh, I'm not saying you want to do like you do an education uh, cram for your final test before and see, make sure you pass. But there's some version of that wouldn't be bad. It's like to consider, take inventory um, of uh, in the kind of in, in the Hebraic. Uh, I'm not going into that right now, but they have the 10 days basically of introspection at this time where you go into um, thinking about that. And you want to like, OK, what has God been trying to teach me personally mm. in the last year that perhaps I've been resisting? And, and, and so, um, you know, particularly if you want different circumstances in your life than you have, and, and if you wonder if you've faced in the way you were supposed to, the growth that you were supposed to uh, do, and, you know, if not reconsider that, but here's where we want to go. I'm going to, I have it titled for Rosh Hashanah, uh, um, and I'll explain it's 5784, 5784 in the Hebraic calendar. So we go by 2023, and yet for the Hebraic calendar, they will be entering officially like Israel, Rosh Hashanah, September 15. The new year that they will go by is 5784. And um, and uh, in, in Hebraic understanding, in the Hebrew understanding, numbers, names, everything is always so much more um, symbolic, and there's so much meaning. Numbers always have meaning. Hmm. Obviously, the 57 is staying with us on a regular basis, but the 84 is very uh, is is very important, very key 
And we've also seen that there seems to be this repeat. It seems like, I, I suppose I've been covering uh, Rosh Hashanah. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And um, at least 25 years or something like that. And there seems to be the psalm that goes with the last, so the 84, uh, there seems to be the psalm that goes with it. It seems to have, um, you could say, either an uncanny or a God-driven um, application for the year we're going into. So I believe Psalm 84, and we'll hit that in just a moment, is a very uh, key psalm for us um, going into this new season, this new year that we're doing. And I, I especially believe there's three um, big takeaways mm. that we want to have uh, from that, that we'll get out of Psalm 84 in just a moment. And that's what I will share. And I don't want to do so many that there is, you know, it becomes um, at some point when you lay out too many truths and too many good things that can't be remembered. And so we want to um, be able to highlight um, three specifically as as we get into it. But it all started with the Lord giving me, and he often gives me a title for the year. And and um, at first sound, um, I don't know how it will sound to you, but then as as we're able to expound upon it, um, it gets more and more meaningful. And so Rosh Hashanah 5784, the year of the Davids. Mm, good. And uh, you could add to that the year, the rise, the rise of the Davids. And and that these Davids are individuals or their churches as well. And so, um, and, and there's an invitation to read uh, uh, that passage where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. I will build my Davids and the gates of hell or the Goliaths of hell um will not prevail against them and so again personal application but as well as a church there's a real invitation to uh to go to this next level and there's going to be circumstances provided by the lord um ultimately it was circumstances that surfaced david and so the davids are going to be surfaced at a whole new level and the opportunities to be revealed as a David. And, you know, David, up until Psalm, First uh, Samuel 17, uh, you know, he had already killed the lion and the bear before then. He had already had private mm-hmm. victories, uh, but nobody knew about it. And so there is a whole reveal of those who've been having a lot of private victories, those who are some level of spiritual superheroes, because uh, that's what David was. David was a superhero. He was a superman. Uh, pointing out again, if you can outrun a line, if you can make him drop a lamb by hitting on the head so hard, and that you can grab him by his beard and with your hands, mm. him, and then you can do it with a bear, you are supernatural. That's not like you've gotten, some people have taken the idea, well, David just got really good with a sling. No, it wasn't really good with the sling he got really good with god and he could use almost anything when he said 
Uh, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Um, he wasn't just, you know, in worship and feeling his Wheaties. We'll do that. Um, but he literally had done that. And their stories are, are, in, are in the Bible. And you can't do that unless you've shifted into a supernatural uh, realm. And then uh, we sing the song, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Well, he's talking about leaping over city walls. And so you think about that. And those are some high walls. You're going to leap over walls and um, and run through a troop. As I said, he, he already proved that. There's several stories um, in the scripture laid out. Him and Eliezer, two guys, take on the whole uh, Philistine army and defend a field of barley as well as eliminate mm. the enemy. So David is this, this, um, this individual that has managed to connect to a whole nother level with the Lord, but nobody else knows about it yet. His family doesn't realize who he is. Um, he's had to process a lot of uh, rejection and stuff in his younger years. I don't think we'll get a chance. To, if you listen to that message from um, Harrisburg from day before yesterday, and it's on YouTube, if I didn't say that, it's on YouTube. Um, you will, you will, you will hear about that. And, and it's an important part of, part of the setup, but the application for us again today, there are, there are those, I believe we have some really powerful Davids and a David is obviously male or female that, um, this is a time for them to rise. This is a time for those who've had these private victories and have gotten to know the Lord at a whole nother level. Cause that's what that came out of with, with David. He processed, as we saw in Psalms, he processes things very open and honestly, he's, he's when, when he's, he doesn't understand what's going on. He just flat tells God, why my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and uh, he, he started many chapters in those, in the, in the depths of despair, we'll say, but he would never end there. He would, he would work through it. He would, he would, get out of it and get above it. So we want to just think of, again, um, a year of the Davids, the rise of the Davids. And this is what's um, what we're being fast forwarded into uh, going into this, this new year. And Steve, there's, you know, uh, this thing of David as well is, I think we know he was special, but at times I don't think we really understand just how special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we did the, the David tour. We took a couple hundred to Israel near the time you did as well. And we made it around places that, uh, that were made kind of famous by, by David. We, uh, there's a message on David and Goliath that I preached from the Valley of Elah, hmm. right between the mountains where Israel and the Philistines were, where David and Goliath faced each other, even got some, uh, stones from what would have been the, the, uh, the brook there that David went and got stones from, it really makes the story come alive. Yeah, I'll say so. Man, that would have been fun to be there. Yeah, in a, in a, in a whole other way. And other many other places where where, where David was. But there is, uh, you know, I was, I was looking at just references to how Jesus is connected to David. Um, there was, uh, uh, he was called, you know, even the blind man, son of uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's called mm. son of David. He's referred to as son of David 
uh, multiple times. Paul would talk about a Romans 1, 3, Jesus, and you'd say from the seed of David and 2 Timothy 2, 8, it would be brought up again. Revelation 5, 5, where John is taken into heaven and he was shown what took place at the cross. And I saw a lamb as though it had been slain. He had seven horns and seven eyes and um but he had had this conversation with the line of the tribe of Judah, root of David. Um, and so there is this, uh, this ongoing connection with David that takes place. And, and all the way to Revelation 22, I think verse 16, it talks about Jesus being the root and offspring of David. It's like this reference point of, of this man who touched God's heart in such an incredible way because of what he overcame and because of the level of God that he connected to the supernatural dimension of God, where um, even Jerusalem, if you if you search through the scripture, was Jerusalem first special to God or was it first special to David? Hmm. You don't find the evidence that it was first special to God. Hmm. You find it was first special. Well, that's an interesting observation, isn't it? Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Okay, it was a it was a Jebusite stronghold. It had the name of Jebus. And and David decided to take it one time, uh, and and so he took it to his own, and then he fell in love with it, and um, you know named it Jerusalem, and then there was a special relationship, and it's it's like you just you put all the scriptures together. It's like at some point God said, "Well, you love Jerusalem, I love Jerusalem," hmm. and then you begin to see him even build a plan for intervening on planet Earth around david you see the same dynamic where uh first samuel 17 where david changed everything there's a, a nation shaking for 40 days um, um afraid of the mouth of this giant that has him totally um totally uh just in retreat worse than retreat just it, it specifically says they're in tremendous fear and so he intervenes there and changes everything, changes everything uh, at that moment, changes everything for the nation. And this same man, um, uh, the same man, David, then uh, so touched the Lord's heart. The Lord would say, he's a man after my heart, even with all his mistakes, hmm. knew that the mistakes he made were uh, just momentary something where he forgot who he was. He forgot something and it was not credited to him in some um, long term uh, dastardly way, we'll say by the Lord, even though there were serious consequences for the sins that that David David did. But you you see where um, God like it's just almost enough to blow our mind that the God of the universe. And so I guess there's still debate on how big the universe is, but the universe, you know, you, I've I've seen the models where okay, the Earth is just a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck in our galaxy. There's millions of galaxies and the God of this universe where he decided to come and show up. is first of all, Bethlehem right next to Jerusalem, Bethlehem where David was a child where David's growing, growing up. Yeah. And then he lays his life down. He does the act of atonement, the redemption act for all of society. It's like what David did that day in first Samuel 17 for them by bringing them freedom. I'm here to do that for all of you, but for here and for the age to come. And if you can wrap our minds around the blood of God, because that's what Jesus carried is the blood of God. So the God of the whole universe of which the earth is just a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. He came 
and he shed his blood in Jerusalem. In the city that was uh, attention was drawn to because David loved it. You know, just there's so much in there, just the ability. Yeah, I never thought of it in those terms. Amazing. Wow. What the, the capacity a human has to touch God's heart in such a way where he begins to even build his plan around rewarding the fact that you went after him in such an amazing and intense way. So where by the time Jesus shows up, it's all about, well, is he from, is he from David? Is he from the root of David? Because that's what it had to be. And the only way it became root of David is because, or that he came root of David is not through Mary. It was through Joseph. So it wasn't even through legal blood. <clears throat> Joseph was the one that brought uh, um, the, 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 the David um, um, legacy um, with, with him. And so that's how um, Jesus was connected in that kind of way. That's why it was pointed out over and over. And even the whole birthing in Bethlehem had to do with they had to go pay taxes and where the region they were originally from, tribe of Judah and all that. So it's it, there's it's like there's so many trails to follow for more revelation mm-hmm. here, but it's still David, and and this man who uh, you know it be emotional, passionate, seemed he could go up and down, but he encountered God at such high levels that uh, we didn't even go into all the Psalms and things he would say is um, you know he's he's a, he he would be. The, the one who say to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temples what he wanted to do. And even what we'll read briefly here in, in, in Psalm chapter 84 um, and just establishing some of the highlights for this year. We just want to know this is the Lord. There's an invitation for everyone to be a David. And, and there are those who are already prepared to show up as David's and those who have been making the private advances with God, because it really, um, it's not so much that he's learning how to kill lions and bears. It's that he's learning to access another dimension of who God is. And there are those who have been doing so. And this is a, a reveal time. This is what, by the way, I mean, this isn't your point right now that you're making, except that Kim Clement, a couple of times referred to Trump as my David, so uh, that's a little bit interesting this year because. Uh, well, you know, David's. in many ways he is. And and for those who are offended by that, say, don't try to say, ah, man, he's crude and he did this and that and the other and uh, whatever. Well, David was not known for his uh, smooth jargon. That's true. Uh, being a smooth talker. In fact, that's what. Even as a kid, blew everybody away, blew Goliath away. Guys, oh, you come to me with, you know, a stick, and I am going to feed you the birds. Of the David came back with three verses and said, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to take you down. And when I take you down, I'm going to feed you to the birds, but I'm going to cut oh, your yeah. head off first. Then when I'm done with you, I'm going after your army that's behind you. I mean, and, yeah, and, you have, and then you have him saying to the Lord, don't I hate those who hate you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. He was, he had a lot of flesh on him, both literally and spiritually. I mean, um, and then he'd say, well, then look at me and see if there's any wicked way in me after he'd say that. But yeah, he was a man's man. He didn't mess around. And he was, the the parts where they, their overlap is the greatest is in the courage because 
he's now going up and we find out his dad didn't really know who he was. His dad sends him out, thinks he's good. Jesse sends him out thinking, you know, he's, he comes in first Samuel 17, he comes and he's bringing his brothers and he's bringing uh, Saul's captains bread and cheese. So his dad thinks he's good for bread and cheese and he literally can manhandle the giant easily. And he knew it from the first moment he looked at it. Crazy, crazy. And then his oldest brother who thought he should have been the King Eliab, like, with whom are you left those few small sheep that are, I know the arrogance of like his dad didn't know who he was. His brother didn't know who he was. He comes to King Saul and says, hey, listen, your servant was watching the sheep. And then a lion came. And so and he took one of the lambs and I went after him and I hit him and I opened his mouth and I did it. And I tore him and I killed him. And then I did it with a bear. And, and this everybody needs to stop being worried about Goliath. I got it. <laughs> and, and first answer from first thing out of the mouth of Saul, you are not able. So he he was not believed in by his king, by his dad, by his family, his older elder brother. So he just had to prove it all all on his own. And and so there was an incredible uh, courage, and then there was an incredible commitment to um, to rescuing sheep because that's what he was doing. What would yeah. force him he realized when he would step into the justice of God on behalf of a little lamb illegitimately taken. Um, and I just want to just connect that. To, I, I didn't, this is not planned, but president Trump from the very beginning, what has motivated him perhaps above everything from all we understand is having heard about the children. Yeah. That's where he made so, right. so true. sex trafficking, everything and, and the abuse of the children. That's the stuff that he can't shake off and couldn't shake off. And so that's why he stays with, um, uh, you know, a plan, whatever that puts his own life, his own family's life at risk in a consistent basis. Like I'm just not, it's the same thing that got a hold of David. I'm just not going to let this line take the lamb. I'm just not going to let this bear take the lamb. And I'm, I'm counting on if I make moves on behalf of them, that some supernatural help will come to me. And this goes into what I was saying earlier, would like to add that to those we're speaking into those who would be in the military is like, you start connecting to the justice of God. You move on his behalf to rescue because it's all about the children, Yeah, children coming up. If you move in that direction, there is a help from him coming to the same degree that the help came on David, where he engaged and entered into a supernatural realm that went beyond what he could do. And this is what um, this is what God um, has for you. But President Trump, that courage that he's that he's uh, shown and willingness to risk because that's you take on a line, you take on a bear, you are risking your life for that which um, is helpless, you know, because that's the lambs. And and then even once David um, became, you know, once he was anointed king by Samuel, first Samuel 16, Samuel the prophet anointed him king, and he had to be called from the uh, the sheep shed. And it just tells you he wasn't even accepted. Um, he wasn't considered family. There's a whole teaching I have in that, that he was considered illegitimate. And, um, and so, because you didn't put, they came from Boaz and Ruth, and that was a family of money. And so you, family of money and resources, you didn't have your sons being the shepherds. You had servants being shepherds. So he was considered a servant. He no longer had to be a servant once he was anointed 
uh, king, but he still chose to do that because that's where he was learning God. That's where he was connecting to God. Um, comes out in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, not just the shepherd, not just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. David knew he had grown up under a lot of rejection and ridicule that comes out in Psalms as well, and that he had to have his soul restored. And so he had the Lord who restored his his soul. And the Lord was to him what he was to his lambs. That's why he was not going to yeah, That's good. I mean, the way you're emphasizing, I never really thought about that. But, you know, his... His heart of compassion, because, you know, even I, we could look at dogs and cats or horses, and we've had all of those. And it's easy for me, because I'm an animal lover, to to want the best for this creature. Other people wouldn't be animal lovers. Some are not. So he, what you're saying is his heart for this helpless uh, lamb, these helpless lambs that had no ability to protect themselves, that when he when he exercised his heart over that God just went and supernatural power basically is what you're saying entered into him and it did at every level so it was this personal level that nobody else was seeing yeah apparently didn't know and then we see that when he's now king um, or right even when he's uh, pre king right before then where they would say Saul has killed his thousands Saul the seven footer uh, the tallest man in Israel. And so David has killed his ten thousands when he was fighting on behalf. He now, you know, the Lord's like, okay, what you did at that level, I've now called you, we'll say extended sort of in seven mountain thinking, you know, yeah. what you, you're, you were shepherding sheep. You're now going to shepherd Israel. Wow. And whenever he would stand up and fight against those who were coming to steal, kill the sheep, the lambs of Israel being the people of Israel, the same supernatural strength and power of God would come on him at, at that level. He had gotten to, to know the Lord as his personal shepherd, the one that healed his own rejection, that one that was his everything, as we see throughout all the Psalms that he writes. And um, and so that's just, it's just something not to forget for this whole year. Yeah. Your invitation is for everyone to be a David. This is the year of the Davids, and you're all invited to be it. But we want to, you know, if there's three chapters of, 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 of Psalms, consider David's writings that you want to really feed on. Be And we've mentioned this one in recent weeks is uh, Psalms 37 and then Psalm 23, which is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then what we're going to look at uh, briefly here um, and lay out these three points, because that's what we needed to get to of Psalm 84, because Psalm 84 is, I, I think, a def, the, a, the defining uh, psalm for 5784 this year. And did you eight, say there's, excuse me, did you say there's three psalms? You mentioned 37 and 37, 23, and then 84. Oh, 23, okay. That's that's one we're, we're, just, we're, we're just yeah. getting. Yeah. And, and, um, and we're going to see the Lord uh, using his, his David's in an amazing way. And often, you know, for Rosh Hashanah, there's uh, 
in times past, even I've told things that are going to happen. Mm. Um, some things, and you hear that from others as well. It's more important to know who you're going to become or who he's called out. Who he's, this is something from the Lord. He has groomed you. He's been, for those who've been following him for a while, he's been grooming you. We've heard this in the back turn, grooming, but he's been grooming you to be a David and to be a David who has public victories now. That's ultimately what the seven mountain mandate is, is to have public victories based on the fact that you've had personal victories. So your interpersonal transformation now is able to be something that is used by him to bring reformation, transformation at a bigger, bigger level. But the the call is to see the sons and daughters of the king arise to the next level. Again, that's what the Romans 8. Creation groans and travails not for Jesus to show up. Even right now, creation is is groaning and travailing, but they're groaning and travailing for what was established in Romans 8 even. The revealing of the sons of God. And to say it another one, the revealing of the Davids. Mm. Davids, that's what creation is calling for. That's what it's groaning for because it knows that's next. That's God's plan. Uh, while I like to say that, um, you know, King Saul was the original premature rapturist telling his people, because for 40 days it says they were just trembling in fear, like this man, he's huge. Look at him. Look at all. Wow. And, and, um, uh, you know, they were just so taken by uh, by this storyline dominated by this big mouth, this man that I like to say from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, you'll never see that Goliath even killed one person. Um, maybe he did, but boy, was he a mouth. Who hmm. could talk. He took That's over good. the media. He took over the media and he laid out his script and he would tell them, you're servants of Saul. I'm a Philistine. Who can come up? come up against me and and in that he had uh he had suppressed god's narrative and that's what david was able to bring to the table is established a narrative who is this uncircumcised philistine who has defied the armies of the living god and that's the truth uh, right now is um jesus on the cross through his blood he spilt the blood that is for redemption, not just for every individual on planet Earth, but for every situation, um, <clears throat> for territorially all the Earth. Um, the Earth is the Lord's and the fullness Ooh, thereof. That's good. He has original creator rights over it. And then he has, after that was lost because of what Adam and Eve sinned, and then consequence, consequently, all the sins, Jesus came back and regained it at through paying the blood price of sacrifice, the redemption price he paid. So he has creator's rights over the earth, and then he has redeemer's rights. That's why he said after the cross, he called his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go therefore, disciple the nations, essentially. So this is what we're being trained to. This is the narrative we're laying out, just like David had to come and lay a different narrative. He's like, uh, Jesus is not going to send, uh, you know, a hailstone from heaven and, and going to hit Goliath or the Philistines on the head. He's going to rise through us. And so 
you literally have the effect of once he cuts the head off the giant and he holds up the head like was this the problem boys there was like <laughs> good line <laughs> a roar that was released in among the people and and there was a moment of revelation um a roar of revelation that's part of where our meeting ended um uh, on sunday a roar of revelation mm. because the those who thought they were in charge the deep stater illuminati uh luciferians who who were mocking because that's what they were doing for 40 days they were mocking it was a mocking giant the mocking bird and they were mocking for 40 days and then the little guy comes and takes out their big guy easily and so and then it says it says now the children of israel let out a roar and then they began to chase they had no new weapons helicopters hadn't come there wasn't a new <laughs> that's uh, good you know they didn't have a new bazooka nothing changed except right here between the ears it totally is you it know was a realization instantly saying of course the spirit was probably falling big time on that to can bring it home but he they're going if this little pipsqueak can take care of that huge thing what are we waiting for let's go boys i mean this suddenly you're right it's a whole new narrative all of a sudden and then they chased him for yeah. city after city they chased the the chased became the chasers and that was god's solution and that's what his solution is right now the chased become the chasers and that's why the invitation is for all to be davids at this time and and, and johnny can you think of um some sort of simple example so there's a stay-at-home mom who's taking care of the kids and she's going yeah i i understand these stories about david but how am i supposed to be a david in my sphere and i mean there's other examples but let's say people that are doing that they have a job or maybe you're not stay-at-home maybe you have a simple job how are they supposed to be a david this year if i mean I don't want to put you on the spot, but I mean, no, it, it doesn't put me on a spot. And it's really, if I gave the, uh, like I'll throw out, um, I gave in, on Sunday and when I was giving the message, I'll say five ways the enemy keeps you from being a David okay. or the, the five ways Goliath, what Goliath did. And this is how the enemy will keep you minimized, will keep you lessened. So this application is, 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 is for that. And I'm just going yeah. to, um, uh, run it quickly but number one he'll invade and steal your praise and so if you go first samuel 17 1 it says now the philistines came into Saco land that belongs to judah so you find out that it was actually invasion of judah where goliath started and this is where he'll start in your life and this is where defeats start to come is he will take your praise your judah means praise and so he will infiltrate, he'll invade, and then he'll steal your praise. And then you go to the, the next stage. The next stage, it says, and then he presented himself. And then those are those verses. And it tells you about his, how his bronze helmet, how much it weighed, and all his pieces of armor. You know, three verses telling you all the things, how magnificent and how, one, you know, just an overstatement of the enemy. So once he invades and steals your praise, number two, He'll magnify and overstate his power. And then I'll get to a, a specific application of what you're talking about. But this yeah. is a process everybody has to be, be aware yeah. of. Yeah. That he will steal your praise. And then, because if you're not magnifying him, it'll end up, you'll end up magnifying uh, the enemy. Number three, once 
he has um, overstated his power and his capabilities, which the enemy is doing right now all over the place, telling what they're going to do, their agendas, their 2030, their everything else. They're just telling us all the agendas that they have. Um, He will steal your identity and the narrative. The kind of three and four go together. He'll take your identity and and your narrative and... The scripture there in 1 Samuel 17, as I said before, he presented himself. I am a Philistine. You all are servants of Saul. In that statement, he had stolen their identity and they didn't even recognize it. David's the one that restored. And David came and said, you are an uncircumcised Philistine who has defied the armies of the living God. The question, were they the armies of the living God or were they servants of Saul? He was also doing his... Uh, servants of Saul, you're, you you run with the seven-footer, I'm the nine-and-a-half-footer. So there's like, oh, he gets us comparing what what power and what, what we have in our own might here. And so there was this stealing of identity because they didn't, they'd forgotten, though they were acting like cowards, David was telling them and he invited them to regain true identity. They were the armies of the living God. By the time he cut off Goliath's head, they got it, and they began to behave like the armies of the living God, and they smote the Philistines, chased them um, back into their cities forever and ever, and then they plundered the Philistines. Same people, same guy, everything changed right here, all about identity and narrative. That's why I'm always talking about narrative. So if you let him steal your praise, number one, number two, he'll overstate his power and what he's going to do to you and he has all kinds of way personal way you get a headache like oh you probably got cancer like you know, and he goes one thing another you know and then uh again to the degree he gets you studying him then uh that's that's when you're that's when you're in trouble so number four um uh, the narrative the narrative is you're here to lose and that's part of what we've been addressing uh overall and david tells the giant this day the lord will deliver you into our hands and so you have to understand uh, if you already think you're servants of Saul and you've lost your Judah, your praise, and you've been studying the enemy and all he's planning on doing, you have no capacity to hang on the narrative that we win and that this is a time where the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. Um, I will build my church and the gates of Goliath will not prevail against them. That's good. And uh, so... Um, whether we go, you know, I, 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 that's four things right there. I suppose the fifth thing, if we want to add is the enemy won't stop talking. He won't stop mocking. And so those are, but those are, that's how he, that's how we'll do. He'll steal your praise. He'll magnify himself. He'll steal your identity, steal the narrative. And once he's done that, he'll keep talking. And I just, well, and can I throw this out real quick? The deep state seems to have hit uh, Hawaii with uh, a, a, direct energy weapon. We even talked about it. If they can still fear to into the armies of God that are in this country now, this our own armies, our physical armies, the military, then they could stop them from, because the military will say, what if they hit another city if we attack them? And that's how the fear can get a hold of our military and our leaders, right? I mean, they've, they've got the fear that what else will they do to innocent people? And really, you're addressing a point I have to keep coming back to. I'm actually addressing whoever these the good guys, the military as well. They must enter into the same spirit of David. 
Yeah. Because what the enemy could do, what he could could, uh, and and you look at his capabilities and his possibilities, and you one of the first things you do when you get into that type of thinking is you eliminate God from the oh yeah equation of it all. You you've now reduced yourself in the way the enemy. That's part of his strategy. He, how he steals identity is like your servants of Saul. Uh, application for any one of us is uh he'll have you just living who your name is you're johnny enlow you're son of so and so uh no uh david the the entirety of first samuel 17 he wrapped himself in his kingdom identity you have come against god you are in uncircumcised philistine it wasn't an insult it was like you have no covenant with god circumcision was a sign of the covenant this land and Judah was specifically given to my great, 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 great grandfather, Abraham. And it was unilaterally given to him as a territory. <clears throat> and so you are stealing from God. Nobody else here seems to recognize that you can stand and represent God. But I am, David's like, so you're in trouble. And I come to you in the name of the Lord and you're going to die. It doesn't really matter what my weapon is. I could slap you to death, flick you in the eye till you die. But, I, you know, <clears throat> I'll just decide how I'm going to get rid of you but you have come against the buzzsaw of the representative of God on planet earth for his purposes. And so you're in trouble. And so that's the mindset. Even uh, those called to do the big things we'll say right now at the military level, um, those, there has to be a capacity to wrap yourself into that sort of narrative and understanding and understand that he is the God who still rules in the affairs of men. And he wants to prove it. And he's looking for sons and daughters who will dare him to do so. And David was one of those. That's why he was honored forever. And that's why there's memory of him till this day. You yeah. go uh, you know, to Israel and you go even down to the King David Hotel, the elite hotels. Like David is everywhere. And, and even um, point out, Peter pointed out in Acts chapter 2 that where the Holy Spirit poured out, which birthed the church. And he, he said, David's sepulcher is among us here today. So it was his city, his sepulcher, his city. Everything about it, the outpouring of God, where God showed up, was those who knew how to stand in the gap and represent him and defend those who were being uh, stricken, treated like lambs, killed, um, and all that kind of stuff. And so he's still the same God. He's ready to um, uh, come on our behalf in that that kind of way. Of course, you see, they they surrendered in fear. They froze in fear. And David had to break that. And he did so by um, being the opposite, essentially, of all of, of all those. He praised um, he praised God, magnified him, diminished the enemy. He never called him Goliath. And he oh, never that's interesting. Him. Didn't even call him by name. He didn't call him the giant. He didn't call him. Uh, he didn't call him by name. He just said he only called him an uncircumcised Philistine or this Philistine, which and it was in a demeaning way. It was like he is illegally in our territory. He is orchestrated to be uh, plunder. He is, you know, he has been destined to be run over by those who understand how to uh, step in in God's narrative and activate His presence in power. So Steve, the three, <clears throat> since I see our times 
Um, it's funny how our time always runs away, but this, this goes with Psalm 84 okay. and what we're just talking about. And we're not going to read the whole thing. It's not, it's a short Psalm anyway, but there's three main parts and you'll see that it's, it says a Psalm of the sons of Korah. And you're like, well, it's not even David. Well, it is understood the sons of Korah basically would write out of the spirit of David and, and it's thought often using his words, his writings. It would, that's why it would sound like him. And so it's still, it's still David. <clears throat> and from this first verse, how lovely is your tabernacle or Lord of hosts? Who would be saying that? That would be David. <clears throat> My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Something else you would hear hear, hear from David in the other um, the others, other other Psalms. And he talks about even the sparrow, sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Okay, so. You said that chills already, man. I don't know, because you set this out, but my, I got goosebumps all over me reading this. <laughs> see, see what I'm in, in that line right there. So um, the first thing you see from a David, again, the invitation to be a David is for everyone. The first thing is a desperation for God's presence. Yeah. This is this is who he is. He's like, I want to be, you know, how lovely is your tabernacle? My soul longs, yes, yes even faints. There's a des- desperation my heart and flesh cry out for the living God. He's just provoking the entirety of who it body, soul, spirit. It's all after you. And then it's blessed are those who dwell in your house. This type of dwelling is, is, is like this type of way where you, all day. It's not Sunday. It's Monday through Friday. You're 24 seven. You dwell with him. They will still be praising you. If you forget anything else, remember that line for the year, they will still be praising you. See, that's the first thing the enemy came. He took their praise. And the praise is about being able to magnify and still see him big, still see him as someone you can trust. So Goliath came in and take lands that belongs to praise. So the way you get that back, the Psalm 84 truth, the first thing, you got to be one of those still praising him, still looking to him, still magnifying him, still declaring him greater than the enemy and, and right there you know we talked about this is how the the stay-at-home mom is is becoming a david like even through reading this type of thing, yes magnifying and there's a double him. application here for there's your personal battles and victories he wants you to have but there is something about a david yeah. who will actually go outside of his own we'll say a stay-home mom stay out there's it there's you know like david it was awesome that he did his stuff with his sheep but he he stepped beyond that and he began to take on bigger things and there's an invitation to go beyond what's your little thing you're contending for not to call it small but david had to go beyond his sheepfold his uh, his herd and he, he experienced him there so it's not that you don't experience him so it is for the whatever we application at the at the at, at the micro level that we want to bring it's there you want to you want to advance it there but you want to see that you can be one who's uh again he was a servant david was not thought of much that you can show up in another level as well you can show up and represent the lord at another level and whether that happens through prayer decrees or in some way that the lord orchestrates it 
you got to be prepared to know that he wants to do that. He likes the idea of a servant guy who was not even accepted. It was probably some illegitimate child of, of Jesse. He, he loved the idea that this kid is going to show up and deliver. And I mean, in reality, the more you are in your real life, you look at yourself in the mirror, the more you're like David, which is a know nothing, do nothing, but not do nothing. Nobody, nobody thinks anything about you that's anything profound. The more powerfully you can actually be a David. The weaker you are, that when you're weak, then you're strong. Because that's that's his that's his know. trademark. God yeah. has chosen the weak, small, foolish things of this world yeah. to compound the white. You're his preferred person. So yeah, yeah in, in a way, you could say the stay-home mom. He'd like to go ahead and give you some massive victories that you hadn't even thought or dreamed of of, of yet. But um, you know, that's that comes out of relationship with him, and then he just presses you beyond. All right, let's go to the number uh two. So that's the number one uh truth we want to extract from Psalm 84. And be aware the numbers eight and four have to do with doors and gates. Doors oh, and gates. And so there's a door and gate to being a David this year. In fact, if you Keep seeing 2222. All of you remember this. This is the Lord telling each and every one of you, because that's Isaiah 2222, and I will lay on his shoulder the key of David, and he will open, no man will close, and he will shut, and no man will open. And so there's a key of David being given you, but it's he's personalizing. So you get to 2222, he's like, I'm still telling you, I'm calling you to be a David. I'm calling you to exercise more authority than you imagined. You just got to step out of the littleness of who you are into my bigness through through all this. So the next part of Psalm 84 um, is verse five. Blessed is a man whose strength is in you. It's amazing. David would say that you would think finally a guy that say, I can jump over that wall because he could. I can take on that army. I can kill a lion. I can kill a bear. But he always knew his strength was in him. And that's part of being a David is not confusing whatever talents or gifts or whatever capabilities you have of your own as as being that level. And so, blessed is a man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. This is a part. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. So this is the second, um, uh, you know, point number one, desperation for God. They're still praising him. Point number two, you're passing through the valley of Baca. Mm-hmm. So David had to encounter Goliath in a valley. And the, that word Baca means weeping or tears. You could say disappointment, loss, things that didn't go the way you wanted, the timing you wanted or whatever. So the call this year, and here's a prophetic word for you to go ahead and grab a hold of everybody who's listening. Passing through, not getting stuck. See, you pass through the valley of disappointment of weeping of tears you go from strength to strength no getting stuck no staying stuck if you've been stuck the last year or two years or three years or whatever it is no more staying stuck this is how you become the david god has called you to be is you pass through you pass through the valley you get over all the questions uh, david had to do that himself like why did my family why was i born in that family yeah. why didn't they accept me why 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 yeah. why why it's like the Lord is my shepherd. In that, if you go deep enough and you just be honest enough with the Lord, at some point you encounter him and you go, I don't know all that stuff, but the Lord yeah. is my shepherd. He yeah. personalizes it at that kind of way. So that's the number two thing. 
And, and so when it says they go from strength to strength, think this way. They go from private victories to public victories. Because there's this thing of public victories that he's calling the Davids. The reason he's calling out the Davids now, this is a time for public victories. It's built on private victories. David's private victories, overcoming, you could say, rejection, insignificance. You know, I have a in a book, Becoming a Superhero, a chapter on um, that, the line of, of rejection, the bear of insignificance. Mm. He had to overcome the line of rejection, the bear of insignificance. And then by the time he sees Goliath, he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That was his big, big victory. But you go from strength to strength. You know, that's what the Lord wants. So the strength, the first strength is your private, your private victories. But he gives you those private victories because he does want to give you some public victories. So David's public victories, when everybody saw him, they had no idea it was built on and your point earlier was that God was grooming him all along. God knew what what he would face Goliath one day. It was already pre-written probably in heaven, you know. But And so he had him work on the bear and the lion, and he was being groomed. He just didn't know it. That, that's it. And then the last one, third, um, out of Psalm 84 and verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Mm. That's just a statement of, of a David as well. He's like, you know, the house of God, even if I'm the doorkeeper, I'll feel his presence. I'd rather have a moment of his presence than be, and when he's talking about the tents, it's the wealthy tents of the wickedness, the beating of the wine and dining. And, the, mm. and I'd rather get a little bit of his, of his presence than that just speaks to his heart. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And so this is the, the statement, the third statement, the Lord, no good thing will he withhold. This is what he has, what he has for you. Got to be one still praising him. And then he's got this thing. You got to pass through the disappointment, still mm. praising him, pass through the disappointment and there's no good thing. He will give grace and glory. And, and grace is often what we think of what we need for when we're in trouble. There's difficulty. Got to have grace to go through it. Glory is different because it's sort of the celebration. It's the exulting that you can do because you've had a, a victory. So he'll give you that which helps you overcome something. But then he'll allow you. It's like David. You know, he got promoted. In fact, he knew he was going to get promoted. The first thing he said before he even, um, uh, you know, told him how strong he was for Samuel 17. He's like, what will be done for the man? He asked just the common man there. What will be done for the man that takes care of this big mouth? He said, oh, the king's going to give him his daughter and he'll be um, no more taxes for him. And he will be made a wealthy man. And so David's like, yes. And <laughs> check. He, he was, Check, check, check. By the end of today, I'm going to have the king's daughter, no more taxes, and I'll be a wealthy man. Wow. I'm going to go from being living like a servant in an instant. So we knew he was going to go there because he asked. That tells you that David was not afraid. He he was not like, oh, God, you helped me before. Will you help me? There was none of that. He's like, this is easy. I've already dealt with rejection and insignificance. I've had my my personal uh, victories. This is a piece of cake for me. So I'm going to take him out. I just want to know ahead of time before I tell everybody how easy this is going to be for me is 
what will be done for me? And it, and it was done for him. And he was looking forward to that. No good thing was withheld from him through his public victory. And so we want to just wrap ourselves in this whole storyline of David. But this Amazing. is what he's saying for this year for Rosh Hashanah 5784. Start September. Roar into your um, roar into your destiny. You know, Steve, this probably doesn't work. It might be a, a bad idea. We've had a... Um, it is only take a minute, but tell me if this can be seen. This is going to be from Sunday. I had positioned, there's a roar that came out of the church. We came to this point. I said, we got to roar into the new year with this call to be a David. There's much more than that. Let me see if it. Okay. In the, his thinking up of you, he knew the trials and testings you were going to face just like he knew of David. So he's like, David, from way up in heaven, when he's planning it, you're going to face a lot, a lot of obstacles and a lot of rejection, a lot of difficulty. But in that, you're going to find me in a way few people can find me. And in finding me, you're going to know something that no one else ever got to your level. The Lord is my shepherd. If you'll stand with me. It's going to be like one minute. Here. We have, this is how we go into the new year. This is your part. You're going to change forever right now. Do you know that the best long-term changes happen in an instant? Mm. We're about to get to that instant. You're going to know it. You're going to feel it. A moment of revelation. Remember, that's what happened in an instant. Two sides change. The enemy's like, uh-oh, we're done for. Good guys. Oh, we won. Not only we won, we need to plunder the enemy. Mm. So I already read to you what was the big shift and change. I didn't know I was going to have to go back there. Well, I thought I was going to go right at the roar. I read to you. Now the men of Israel and Judah okay. arose. Did they just change? No. And shouted. And that word shouted is a word for roar. They had to roar. Then they, they shifted in an instant from the being chased to being the chasers. They went from Saul's cowards to David's mighty men, an instant of revelation. The whole purpose of this message and this invitation to the new year we're going into is a message from God with revelation for you to shift who you are, to shift the future of your life, to shift the future of the kingdom based on your awakening at this moment. And you have one way to do it, the same way they did. And that's all we're going to do in an instant. I'm going to lead you into a roar. <clears throat> okay, everybody ready to believe? But you know, it's going to feel that. I mean, you got to, the enemy's been taunting you, mocking you, mocking you about your kids, mocking you about your destiny job, mocking you about everything. He's been pushing you around. He's been being the Goliath. And this is time to get back at him. Everything changed, not with new weapons. Everything changed with the roar. And the roar came out of the revelation. Hopefully you have a revelation. You are in his image. You are made in his image. He is incapable of rejecting you. So when I count to three, better, can you feel a rumble of it? It's a little atomic. I am so sick and tired of giving. It's almost there, Steve. Being pushed around. 
I am so sick and tired of the enemy telling me things and lying to me, telling me I can't and I'm not. This is our strike back and we're going to do it together. And it's going to ring into the city. It's going to ring into the state and it's going to change everything. One on three. Okay. On three. One, two, three. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Wow, Johnny. It sounded like that kept going, didn't it? Wow. That was a long it, one. It kept going. It wow. was it that was a rare roar. You can is like oh something something transpired and it just the last second I, actually i had it close I, I thought it was gonna be closer than that but we went to a place there today i was like i think if i put that yeah. roar there there, there could yeah. be something we actually did one more roar um after after that but this is what the lord's telling us roar into the new year rise up rise up uh be the ones still praising him be the ones knowing who you are who he is, what's his storyline, what's he called us to do at this time. The enemy has been revealed. Goliath has been revealed, not for him to take us over. See, they thought Goliath was revealed Ooh. in order for them to be subject to them. Goliath, the system that's being revealed right now is because it's being brought down. And that's what we need to know. So good. Well, John, you feel like uh, praying for the people as we close? That'd be awesome. All right. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for yeah. um, what you're doing at this time, Lord. I just thank you that you are speaking to all the Davids. You're calling out the Davids, mm. calling up the Davids. And you are inviting all the Davids to face this day with the courage um, that you are giving them, that you are releasing, that you are allowing us to, um, to roar into yeah. the, the new year and to look at all the threats. There was the existential threats that... Goliath was laying mm. out. They were going to be servants forever of the Philistines, and they were going to lose their women. They're going to lose their children. They're going to lose their their men and all kinds of things. And this was this was the threat, Lord. We just thank you that you have something different in mind for us. That you are offering mm. us uh, a different storyline. It's confirmed by prophetic voices, the many prophetic voices that keep coming on Elijah streams. If there's one thing that's consistent is there is a different storyline than yeah. what the enemy's throwing out and what the deep state's throwing out. Even the Christian, uh, the eschatology that's giving the that's ready to give the world to the Antichrist, the beast of the false prophet, the 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 part of the church that's ready to give give it all up to Goliath. We thank you. That's not your narrative for this time, this day. And you are going to arise and do amazing things in our nation, in our country. Let your people be set on fire. Those who are watching now, Lord, let them be set on fire for such a time as this to be ignited into being mighty men, mighty women of God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So powerful today, Johnny. Really, really good. Thank you so much. Uh, any announcements that you have on anything before we? I, you know, go to restore7.org. We just yeah. launched all kinds of things. Um, I can't remember what is Discover Rise and other things, but... Um, uh, it doesn't come to me right now, so yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll catch it up uh, next. And I didn't get anything. any specific. I didn't get any specific 
uh, instructions. orders, instructions oh, okay. from Elizabeth. Those are what I, you know, those are what I go uh, by. All right. Well, quick reminder that Cat Kerr will be with us tomorrow. We're actually recording here this afternoon, so don't miss Cat Kerr. We don't get it that often, so don't miss that tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks again, Johnny, and we will see you all tomorrow. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.